0: Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including a final space, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. April Collins. Hi. And Alex Bonilla. Chukri. Uh, oh, more, yeah, let's see how long that lasts. Of us keep saying chukri at all times. okay. Uh, today um, did I ruin it? <laughs> it might be it might be old. Already, yeah. uh, Michelle, April, Alex, and I will be talking Chapter Three of Final Space, entitled Chapter Three, as we've talked about. They're just uh, <laughs> they're just their chapter they're names. They're just chapters. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the new uh, TBS adult animated sci-fi series created by Owen Rogers. Uh, check it if you've not seen Final Space. Definitely check out the premiere, first two episodes, and then Chapter Three as well. We'll be getting into. We will be talking Final Space every week that it's new here on the overly animated podcast. Find us at OverlyAnimated.com or search for Overly Animated Final Space, where you'll find our Final Space-specific iTunes feed. Subscribe to that or us on YouTube to not miss any of our future Final Space recap podcasts. Um, like I said, yeah, we did a podcast on Chapters 1 and 2, uh, got in some interesting stuff. We have some uh, fresh perspectives and some old perspectives on here, and we'll be getting into all of that on Chapter 3. Spoilers for that. This episode, make sure you've seen Chapter 3 of Final Space, um, Michelle we did not have you on the previous podcast so what are your general impressions of this show quickly and then into uh, thoughts on chapter 3
1: Um, I liked it more than I thought I would but I should also say I went into this like totally blind Um, so I had like no expectations I'd seen like a few like random mm. image- images on the internet but that's about it is, in terms of like my priming for it Um, I like that it seems to have, like, a plot that's going on in the background that links the episodes together. That's the kind of, like, world building I'm a fan of. And I'm glad that's still there. And it's not something that is just, like, episode by episode, completely standalone. I like that that's, like, becoming sort of more of a trend in animated shows recently. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I still find Gary very frustrating as a protagonist, but um, I'm getting a little more warmed up to him based on his interactions with the other people in the cast. Uh, Mooncakes MVP for sure. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. Those are my general thoughts so far.
0: Okay, what about what about uh, chapter three specifically?
1: Um, I thought this one was fine. It was not my favorite. I think I liked the second one the most so Mm -hmm. far um but it it was by no means a bad episode but i don't know i wasn't like super crazy about like the coliseum arena type thing because like my thought was just like well like mooncake like kind of hovers could he just fly out of there like why do you even stay there <laughs> well,
0: probably that's a good question
1: yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah like i think it was bad but we'll probably get into it and i can give you some more specifics later okay.
0: yeah well, we'll get into specifics uh april same question general thoughts and then chapter three specific ones
1: uh so i i liked this show way more than i thought i was going to as well um, like the first episode, I was like, okay, yeah, this, is this is here we are. And then like, after the second episode, I was like, okay, I want to watch more of this. So, um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, there's so many questions and I love, uh, David Tennant as Lord Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I knew David Tennant was in the show and I'm a huge fan of his. And then I, I, was like what character is he i can't tell and then i literally had to google it which made me excited um just to see that he has that range of voice but um I agree that Gary can be very frustrating, but he's sort of, like, endearing in his idiot, like, in the fact that he's a huge idiot, like, (laughs) and I love that, uh, what is it, he was trapped in, like, a jail, essentially, but he was just by himself, and he's surrounded by robots, and he gave them all names and, like, wrote it on them. (laughs) It doesn't seem cost effective. Why are there so many romances for this one yeah. guy in space like, when these, you shove, like four people in space right. together? Yeah. Like these, that's so expensive. These
0: these are all points we hit on in our first podcast. Yes. I, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I listened to it and then I was just like, these are all my same thoughts. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. what about what about chapter three, April?
1: um i liked it I uh, it it was like it moved very quickly and i like shows that move quickly um especially because we don't know how many episodes we're gonna get i know there's 10 but that's it so um or at least as of right now all i know is that there's 10 so um and it like i like that it's like building more of like like what is going on kind of thing like i like questions that are i like when i'm like ask myself like okay like what is this thing like how does this play into this like and it just sort of like keeps building from there so I I liked it and it was more adult than the previous two episodes and this is an adult show so I like I I I'm into that an adult
0: <laughs> show yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, Final Space, very heavily serialized. That's definitely one of the big selling points. Uh, narrative definitely continuing throughout the episodes. Uh, okay, Alex, what are your thoughts on Chapter 3?
2: I When I finished watching the episode, my thoughts were, I feel like a pinball machine because uh, in the first... <laughs> In our first podcast, we talked about how ambitious this show was to the point where it was having like not only a and b plot, but we were also getting to c plot and d plot. Yes, and the same thing here. And I think like here it was even bouncing around even faster. Like one one minute we're with Gary and Avocado one minute we're, When one minute we're with Mooncake. One minute we're with we're with Lord Commander, and then we have uh, um, Quinn doing her thing too. So it, and it just it didn't feel like we stuck on anything for for too long. So I, I guess in that way it's it's good to at least keep keep me excited or keep the hype going by not staying on anything for too long. I want to say that the Gary and Avocado segment was the weakest of of the four main plots we have. But I do want to praise, uh, I know I was very weak on my praise of Mooncake in our first podcast, but I am all in on Mooncake now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look now. who's Some come out around. Kids. Somehow <laughs> this episode made him a character. <laughs> he doesn't talk. Like, seeing guilt, seeing, like, love. I don't, it, ma- it makes me all squishy inside. And I don't know. Like, this episode in particular just made me buy into Mooncake. Like, okay, I- I- I'm with you now, show you're not just a (laughs) pot you actually have traits which is surprising so uh, yeah so at least this episode did something so that it will prepare my heart to be broken later on in the show i'm sure (laughs)
0: Uh well 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 look who's look who's come around to the mooncake <laughs> fan
1: gloating, club. Dylan. Yeah, I look
0: <laughs> I as, as person person was all in on mooncake. The first time I saw the image of of, of him, I'm very happy with this. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a, a character here as opposed to uh before, more of like the cute mascot. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, this is interesting. I really love chapter three. I think this is by far the best episode of the show, and uh I agree with Alex. That is incredibly ambitiously paced. Once again, much like chapter two, uh, we have four plots at once during the climax, but I think it really all comes together well. And uh I think the big thing that makes this this episode click is that we get real answers to plot questions that came up in uh chapters one and two. Um, and uh it it's it's really uh well um doled out throughout the episode, mostly in the context of the Lord Commander. Um and uh, all the plot lines converge really well into the climax. Lord Commander shows up there and uh, we all converge together. Like, I, I think literally all four of the plot lines intersect at some point throughout the episode. Um, so despite the fact that it's like, it, this show moves way too fast so far. Um, but, uh, this is actually something we've talked about with some one or two of our other shows. A lot of the shows we cover are too slow, and I think that's way more frustrating than too fast. I'd much prefer this. Um, so I'm very, I'm, I'm pleased that, uh, we're moving fast, that we have, uh, you know, maybe we don't need four things going at once, but, uh, I think it all came together really well. Episode at a framing device. It brought all the plots together. Um, I was a big fan. I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on the show after this episode and uh, yeah and
2: uh, i i I think like a lot of the shows we cover are 11 minutes and there with an 11 minute episode you do an a plot a b plot that's enough but when you see those shows trying to do a plot and b plot for 22 minutes like when they have the extended episodes sometimes that doesn't end up working so here using the 22 minutes to like add to extra plot lines it's it's an interesting idea that isn't used as often as i think it should be
0: it's it yeah i'm curious to see if they continue this throughout because it does seem our characters are converging uh but- probably at the end of this episode, Quinn is, uh, is going to meet Gary next episode. So, uh, I don't know if we'll have, uh, these, these, these four separate plot lines. I don't know if it's necessarily a success because there's so many, because, uh, I don't think Quinn's plot line is great this episode. So like, we didn't really need, like it converges well with the other ones, but we didn't really need that separate one. Um, I yeah, I think, it, I think it's more of just the, the other three, uh, that kind of intersect well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll Point out highlights I had throughout the episode as we go. But, um, I don't know. Do we want to start? What do we want to start from the beginning? Do you want to start from our big plot revelations? Because we learn a lot about the concept of the show that was not <laughs> clear from the first <laughs> episodes. Uh, I guess we can start with the, the big things we learned because, uh, final space, uh, we talked about this the first podcast. We were like, what is this? And, uh, <laughs> we didn't really have an answer, but, uh, it is something that Mooncake can unlock is, yeah. uh, is what we learn. Yeah. So uh, it's probably the deepest regions of space, uh, some sort of interdimensional thing. I don't know. It, oh. it, seem, it seems like it can heal the Lord Commander who is dying.
1: Yeah, it can do multiple things. And I'm not sure if Final Space is related to preserving Lord Commander's life or if Mooncake can just like he's multifaceted mm-hmm. enough in his abilities to do things like both of those things at once. I don't know. I'm curious how those are going to like connect. Act
0: though, right? Earlier in the episode, Lord Commander says Mooncake can heal me or save me. me, And, yeah, and then right. later, and then later, he says Mooncake can unlock Final Space. I assume those are the same thing, but it could be different. They- yeah, I, I, I-, I assumed
1: oh. they were different. Yeah. because like I could see where everyone else wants to unlock Final Space, but maybe he, and maybe like that's something that you know is a positive. Versus he's like, yeah, that's great, you can unlock final space, but I want to live. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that motivation differentiation,
2: yeah. Um, another detail to add in here, when he has that encounter with the Order of the Twelve, um, that the leader says something like, every time you use your mm-hmm. light, you lose. Uh, you, you quicken your death. So, I also wonder if there's a way to connect them like final space could be a source of energy, perhaps, and th- that relates back to light and his- yeah i
0: assume I assume his light is his force powers or his life force um one of the two because he you know he can psychically manipulate things, so it seems like when she help says hula. yeah, help her hula when she says <laughs> that uh seems like she's referring to that uh when he uses his psychic powers, he dies faster. Um, so we learned the Lord Commander is dying. Uh, was this something that anyone saw coming from the first two episodes? No. No. Yeah. Not especially. Yeah, I think... But I like it. Okay, why do you like it?
1: Because it, like, he's vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like... A we get yeah, so many. Yeah, there's a limit. Unstoppable foe. Yeah, he's he's not an like he's not an unstoppable force. Where we get we get into so many shows where like it's like oh we have this evil person and nothing can stop them mm-hmm. and it's like ah but we have this evil person and if they try to stop us then like they die. So you know what I mean? Like I like that. There's I guess a what is limitations? A, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, there's like limitations and there's consequences for like the the evil, you know, the big evil of the show. So Yeah. Kind of it's a balanced thing. I like balancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Do you do you agree, Alex, it makes it more interesting?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a solid motive. Uh, I, I wish that that could have been set up a little bit in the first two yeah. episodes, but uh, it, it's it's good enough to like make it interesting rather than just uh, just solely, I want to take over the universe like you're you're adding a little personal details, and i'm I'm good with that right
0: yeah the it's it's uh it plays like this is completely new information to the audience, and it really could have been hinted at. Um, in the first two, because, uh, there, are, I feel like there are other things that are hinted at in the first two, like final space. Um, I mean, maybe they don't really say it or anything, but, uh, like, it's um, hinted by the intro. Yeah. Mooncake having, Im- mooncake <laughs> being important and doing, yeah, I don't know. It it, 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 feels like it came out of nowhere, but, uh, like we talked about in the first podcast, um, what's Lord Commander's motivations for wanting Mooncake? Um, we, we speculate it's just so he can use the planet killer to take over the universe. And that would have been very stale and similar to other shows we cover. So I much prefer, uh, some sort of personal motivation here yeah um i, th- I think it's uh, it's a good a good call on the direction to go um, we talked about the Order of the Twelve. This is what I was referring to with the framing device for the show, because, um, for the episode, because we see, uh, Lord Commander go to the Order of the Twelve and talk to Helper Hula, presumably the, the boss, and, um, uh, then independently, uh, Gary and Avocato show up, uh, at an, at the Yarno chapter of the Order of the Twelve, and they talk to people there, and, uh, they're, they're kind of controlling everything on Yarno. I think it really brings the episode together, and also I think these, These weird alien helper things are pretty cool. The design, the concept, just kind of the secret order, I guess, that hides things. There's not a lot of depth to it, but I thought that uh, it was one of the more interesting sci-fi concepts presented so far on the show.
1: It was very, uh, what is it? Uh, It made me think of like in, uh, (laughs) this is going to sound totally lame, made me think of in Hercules with the... um, the three, I don't remember what they were. <laughs>
0: the
2: oh, so- yeah. Why, why did it make like, you
0: think of that?
1: <laughs> because uh, the, the floating nation. eyes, like yeah. they had like the eyes sort of disconnected from mm. themselves, and they they were the eyes of the universe. Oh, the witches, you
0: mean? In the- yeah. Yeah. okay, I thought you meant the singing ladies. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the witches. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Just in the in their design concept, yeah. I thought they they re- the, the, the eyes being separate. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, Michelle, what do you think of the Order as the Twelve?
1: I, I mean, I was a little, I mean, I thought they were fine. Um, I was a little surprised that Lord Command, like, he comes in, he's like, I've always respected how you guys do stuff, and then he immediately is like, I'm pissed off, though! And, like, ruins all her eyeballs, and is like, I'm gonna come back and kill you, unless you get the thing. So I guess it just kind of, like, further cements how he's, like, you know, he'll go to whatever lengths, even if it, like, kind of fucks him up along the way. Yeah, but ru- I was just ruins gonna, all like,
0: her like, eyeballs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like if these are like these very respected ancient, like powerful organization, like it's just interesting that he's like, I really respect you guys, but also I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess with you if you don't do what I want.
0: Yeah, it's it it establishes that they were there either before him or in conjunction with him. Yeah, being in Power. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was gonna say it was a very like interesting um interaction just because you kind of, like with most villains, they're like super like well known kind of thing and it, everyone's like, oh, like they're scary and it, but it kind of like sort of humanizes, humanizes him in the fact that like, they're like, oh yeah like we know who you are and he's like, oh, I know who you guys are, I respect you guys um, kind of thing versus where like not everyone else is like, oh, the Lord Commander, like there he is, he's rolling up into the Order of the Twelve like, what could he want kind of thing, so... I yeah. I think I liked that sort of interaction. It just kind of makes him seem less like, oh, he's just trying to take over the world kind of
0: thing. Yeah. Alex, thoughts on Lord of the Twelve?
2: Uh, I'll just add that w- once again, they do really well with the uh, using their PG-13-ness for the Lord Commander sequences, especially here where he like turns their eyes inside out. So, like, yeah, just lots that, of
1: detail in the lore. Yeah. Color
2: yeah the with Lord Commanders, I feel like is where they use their rating the most. Yeah. and I, 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 I enjoyed I enjoyed that sequence uh, pretty good, just in terms of reinforcing. like even though he's weak, he's still a powerful villain. So it's just a nice touch to add all the time whenever Lord Commander shows up. Yeah, he
0: continues to be menacing, I think most of all which is I think important for for him. Uh, like we talked about. I think uh before David Tennant uh still very unrecognizable is in this role. Um I
1: love and, it. Yeah.
0: that's <laughs> great. Uh at at the end of the the last shot of the episode is him being like retrieved by one of his ships, I assume. Um so yeah, Gary does uh get uh, end up getting around him in the episode, although it's not like they continue to to have the instinct of run from him, not really fight him. Uh so pro- yeah. probably a good call from from what we've seen. Uh, let's talk um, mooncake, I guess, um, because <laughs> 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 it
1: brought <look-a> happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, everyone's favorite. So the most important thing about mooncake in this episode is that we've added a new sound to his <laughs> to his repertoire. Wow! At one wow. point, he went q q q
1: q <laughs>
0: you are the biggest mooncake fanboy. Look at this. I know all <laughs> yes, the all notes you put down. Yes, QQQ, and he goes chocolate after that. Yeah, my favorite sequence of the episode is when Gary is going to leave him off at uh, at at the Order of the Twelve, and Mooncake's very sad, and he says uh, chocolate and uh, chocolate. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that was that was the best sequence of the episode obviously but also oh, well, at the end at the end with gary when they're talking the yeah most
1: i liked gary so far
0: when he's like uh yeah it's not you know it's not, it's you not him who's being bad. dumb
1: it's not him causing a problem it's mm-hmm. him trying to reassure mooncake and that's the best use of gary i've seen so far
2: right uh, so- also when they re- when they reunite uh, at the coliseum gary gary
1: gary choopy yeah like, it's just gonna be yeah. That so, harmless yeah. gumball of love. Yeah, yeah, we have this we have
0: this great line. Uh Gary says little green ball friend is a harmless gumball of love. I agree, Gary.
1: <laughs> he's a little in denial, but like any like loving parent probably is to an extent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. He's just a he's a parrot, yeah. Yeah, Gary. Apparently, Gary does not accept that <laughs> that uh, <Right. laughs> mooncake is a super weapon. He was told this previously, but I, I guess in, the, in this episode, he doesn't accept it until the end when he sees it well,
1: for himself. Gary, Gary has some issues that, <laughs> he's <not> about, but. <laughs>
0: yeah anyway we'll get back to here for a second but mooncake as alex says uh he is a character here he starts feeling bad about killing all of these creatures in the deathcropolis and uh he gets sad and he's like i he's about to accept being stepped on um but uh yeah then at the end gary reassures him that it's not you who's the monster it's the people who are using you as a weapon and Um, uh it doesn't change anything between us uh and uh yeah the mooncake is very happy
1: it's a good moment. Like it was it's a beautiful a really good moment. I yeah. know. Yes. It was very very mature.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think Mooncake and Mooncake and Gary continue to be some of the strongest elements of the show. Um just, it's that, I feel like those are the most emotionally uh the most emotional pull from the show is with Mooncake and Gary together.
1: Yeah, the most resonant for sure. Yeah. Agreed.
0: It's yeah, awesome. Okay. Uh, we'll get, well, I don't know. I might've missed uh mooncake moments. We'll get back to that. But yeah, in the first podcast we talked about, I'll have to hit on every mooncake moment as we know. Um, but, uh, we <laughs> talked about that Gary was a pretty unsympathetic lead and, uh, basically an asshole in the first episode. Um, kind of like a likable, uh, terrible person kind of is how he came across. Um, is he less of a terrible person in this episode? Not really. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: does he look, do anything like I, I,
2: specifically terrible well look i want to say in the lazarus amaze ma- thing he's just a stupid person he's it's just not dumb. dumb yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's just not. dumb, and it's it it doesn't come off as funny because there's not it, it's just it play it just play that way throughout the entire sequence the bookends of the episode are okay especially his interaction with mooncake at, at the end but also because we're just bouncing all over the place in this episode, I feel like we don't have to stay on Gary for, for too long. But yeah, the, the Lazarus maze sequence in particular was the most frustrating to sit through.
1: Yeah, when Avocado gets them out and he's like, I saved you. He's like, yeah, but like I, I helped you too. He's like, no, I, I got us out there. And he's like, oh yeah, but still, it was just so frustrating because <laughs> Gary didn't help at all and- and, uh, like, the only reason I can think of that Avocado wants to stay with him is because he has this bond with Mooncake, and, like, that's his saving grace in the series so far. Because Mooncake is, like, you know, the ultimate weapon key slash cute friend but like without that Avocado would have no reason to be with him because Avocado's so much more competent than him and Gary's so dumb
0: because Gary's obviously very dumb I think he Gary is charismatic <laughs> and I think that there uh, you go Ava, Ava, so Ava, Avocado <laughs> likes
2: him because it, of that. I
1: guess it is it depends on uh, charismatic is
2: subjective yeah I think, is yeah. Is. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> Avocado is attracted to Gary's blind loyalty yeah
1: yeah so that it makes really, me worried, though, because, like, Quinn is also very competent, and if she becomes a member, is it just going to be, like, serious, capable Avocado, serious, capable Quinn, and then, like, Gary just, like, getting in the way and being dumb?
0: Yeah, that. Well, yeah, we're but wondering I, I'm, how they're... I'm legitimately
1: they're... afraid of that dynamic happening.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting if Avocado will be written off with, if Quinn's in the play. It seems like Avocado is just a major character. So I, we'll see if all three of them are part of the team and how that works. But, um, I don't know. He was, I thought he was mostly, he was fine this episode. He didn't do anything bad. Like in the first episode, he's really <laughs> unsympathetic because he's just, uh, he's just an asshole and goes, uh, hitting on Quinn and thinks he's in love with her and like, uh, knocks out this guard, um, all just for no reason. Um, but he doesn't do anything like that. His, his, I mean, yeah,
1: we've, we've kept
0: him in check here.
1: The, the, the <laughs> worship is still kind of there. It's just like more in the background. I will say like I have I've decided I really like Kevin. And I think the reason I like Kevin <laughs> is, he, is because the Gary only... does not like Kevin. No, he's <laughs> the only one who's as obnoxious as Gary and Gary has to kill him, <laughs> him all the time. And that's like the, the retribution that makes me okay with it. Because, like, Kevin freaking loves Gary and Gary hates him, and I love that. (laughs) At least there's one person who can get under Gary's skin.
0: I've decided. I really.
1: I (laughs) I like Kevin a lot.
0: You just, you decided you like Kevin. (laughs)
1: Okay. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna be the number one fan person.
0: I liked <laughs> Kevin too. First episode. Yeah. I
1: mean, and I honestly low key, I think Kevin might like have a thing for Gary. Like, I think Ooh. that's why he gets all the cookies, because he knows Kev- that Gary likes them and he wants to like appreciate them the way that Gary does. <laughs> the moment Are the you episode sure? are you shipping Gary so and Kevin, what do you and he falls against the glass in front of Kevin? Kevin says, Ooh, like pressed hams or something. Oh, like so it like, was... has a thing for gary and i kind of love that because gary hates him i think that's wonderful i love that dynamic so so much
0: michelle is shipping gary and kevin
1: (laughs) well i mean even if it's one-sided yeah i ship it a little
0: I believe I believe Kevin is programmed to like Gary. I think I think that is he's the companion well, yeah, bot. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's the what is it? The mental companion or yeah, he, it's called
0: crazy. Yeah. He he does appreciate Gary's uh, hams. Yeah, in this, um, <laughs> I, I, I I was I asked last podcast whether I can ship Gary and avocado. Um, avocado didn't seem to appreciate uh, Gary's dick situation. We no, know no, so that might be that might be sunk. Um, what were well, we talking also, about Moon, before this? Mooncake <laughs>
2: had a bit of an odd reaction okay. too he was... Oh yeah, Mooncake <laughs> he didn't was like kind seeing kind of right
1: like um. what yeah. <laughs> He's a he's a pure child. He wasn't expecting
2: Yeah, Mooncake is know. a
1: child,
0: exactly. Yeah
1: <laughs> he doesn't so understand like, the dick situation. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't <laughs> understand. He doesn't he's too young. young. No. Yeah.
0: okay so we gary's fine here okay done sure <laughs> um let, let's, let's talk about the lazarus trap um i agree this was one of the weaker points of the episode but uh it's it's kind of a familiar concept anything you think becomes reality uh gary thinks about cookies um makes sense with with uh what we've seen so far there's one sequence i really appreciated which i feel like i oh one thing i thought this episode was funny like, I didn't necessarily I think the first two episodes were that too. funny. I think this episode was funnier than the first two. Um, one, of these, one of the great lines, I feel like, was uh, Gary's, like, narrating uh, what a cookie's <laughs> doing. And he's like, why is that one cookie lone wolfing it across the edge? Yeah. He's like, he's an, like angel. an angel.
2: am <laughs> stabbing my eyes,
0: yeah. I feel like that's, like, the sense of humor of the show. And I thought that was, like, a successful moment in the sequence that was otherwise just, like, uh, kind of abstract. And I don't think it was bad. You know, it was, it was fine.
1: I liked it. That was one of my favorite moments of the show, actually. Just because like... They're like hanging off a ledge, they're about to fall into lava, and then all of a sudden like Gary comes in with that line and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> why like, is he lone wolfing down? <laughs> Gary's
1: <That's good>. priorities are <laughs> at their finest.
0: Yeah. I thought that was great. Um yeah, Lazarus Trap, uh it didn't it didn't even last that long. I th- I thought it was fine. They imagine uh Quinn and Little Kato being there. And uh how why why do they get out of it by avocado punching Gary? Because Gary's just imagining the whole thing? Is Whoa,
2: uh, I the idea know. Yeah. is they had to wake up, but um... how did?
1: Yeah, they had to like wake up out of the simulation because they were yeah. like,
2: I didn't. They really were, get it.
1: yeah, I didn't understand that, but it was fine because it was over. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> okay. wow.
0: I, th- I, was
1: like,
0: I mean, what, if, if got like,
1: like, yeah, like, Gary getting we're punched
0: is also good. Yeah, if if the idea is that Gary's just imagining them being there and that he just needs to stop imagining completely, I don't, I, but I don't know. Um, Anyway, yeah. Uh, We had uh, that. Let's talk Quinn. Uh, Quinn's, I talked about in the first podcast, very worried about Quinn.
1: Uh, I'm worried about Quinn too.
0: Yeah, just the show's usage of Quinn. In this episode, she is investigating this gravitational disturbance that she, uh, in the first two episodes, she goes against uh, the command and she takes off and um, Tribor is updating her on the situation. She's being followed. Uh, we have this gag of Tribor trying on all of Quinn's clothes. Oh,
1: that's the name of the 6 side guy. Tribor, yeah. Uh, I hate him. I hate him <laughs> the most. I Why mean, do you hate Tribor? Because he's basically Quinn's Kevin, but unlike <laughs> Gary, I like. She doesn't need an obnoxious person trying to like ruin her life for no that, reason. I love
0: that take. Tribor is him. is. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's, it's Kevin Quinn's and it's Kevin. Yes. is, and it makes me sad because we already have Kevin. I don't think we need an extra one. So I, I wish he would just go away. Did and, you and like that? Ga- did
0: house. you like that gag? Yeah, get out of her house. Yeah, get okay. out of her house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what do we think of that gag, uh, April? Alex, I, I thought it was
1: a little bit funny, just yeah. because like he's like he's like obsessed with her, yeah. and like it, it's like a, the different like like. I wouldn't say that Kevin is obsessed with Gary, but like he is obsessed with Quinn, and he's like, "Yeah, that, why would I be in your house trying on your clothes that are so yeah. slim yeah. fit?" And I'm like, "What?" It's like he wants to emulate Quinn, whereas Kevin like wants to be Gary's best friend and maybe more. Yes, right? but well, that's my hot take. But yeah, it's like a different kind of admiration. Obsession. I thought it was a little bit funny
0: though. Yeah. So okay.
2: It was funny in an awkward sort of way rather than a laugh out loud sort of way.
0: Yeah. I, th- I that type of gag usually gets offensive to me. I did, I thought that was I thought they showed the line fine, so I was happy that they kind of stayed on the right side. <laughs> but, um, I, I heard uh, Olin Rogers recently was on a uh, a Facebook live uh, interview. I think he was at that Nashville event, and he says uh, by the end of the season, Tribor will be your favorite character.
1: Yeah! <laughs> 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 he said <laughs> he
0: said everyone who's seen all of them loves oh, Tribor the most. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> if, Moon, if
2: Mooncake exists, this is impossible. <laughs> okay, good that's take.
1: Awkward. That's yeah. the most hot take. I was also I was also a little bit upset because I really wanted him to be voiced by Bill Hader, but he's not he's and I was voiced by Owen
0: Rogers as well, I think a very specific voice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going on a triboard journey. We'll fit we'll see when we, for now we're not on board, but maybe maybe we'll get there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so how if Quinn is joining up with uh, with Gary and Avocado? So is Tribor going to keep appearing through these holograms? Is he going to come up to space to catch her? Or? I don't, I don't know. Probably yeah. he'll come. To Does space. he have a
1: tracking device on her he and might. leads the He's authorities like, to her? No. <laughs> no, I feel like he might have implanted
0: something. He's Tribor <laughs> will never betray Quinn. No, can't happen. Um, uh, I think he'll the, unintentionally do it. <laughs> yeah, he might. He yeah. might unintentionally. Yeah, uh, we have this other sequence of Quinn with Chuck, uh, voiced AKA by uh, Douche Canoe. I believe Conan O'Brien is Chuck. Uh, Conan okay. O'Brien's uh, studio is uh, the production company is is producing the show. So yeah, he's he's here. He's Chuck. He looks like Chuck, and uh, <laughs> it's basically just him. He calls uh, Quinn calls him Jerknuts and Douche Canoe. Douche
1: Canoe.
2: Thoughts. Jerknuts is a
1: new insult for me. I have not heard that one before.
2: Douché yeah, canoe think, is a better insult. I was, I was gonna, gonna say canoe.
1: I really enjoyed douche canoe. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd heard I'd heard douche canoe before. It's a good one. Yeah, um, I, he,
1: that one made me like snicker
2: a little bit. So
0: <laughs> Chuck is Chuck is sad that Quinn would call him this.
2: <laughs> Chuck yeah. is sad, but he ends up using the override to catch her anyway. I, I don't know. I, I was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I feel like in those situations, usually what happens is they feel bad and they get distracted or whatever, and the person they're chasing runs away so i i don't know i just like that it's like an insult but whatever i'm still doing my job
1: right i appreciate that also
2: yeah i think i think he uh he channeled his
0: hurt into catching her basically (laughs) he's like so yeah yeah. but then is chuck dead at the end i feel like this is this is the big question because we're
1: gonna uh, get Chuck back
0: I, I would guess, say yeah. I would say yes except I don't think we're going to kill off the Conan character so quickly that's that would be my hesitation here.
2: On the other hand there are several voice actors here to voice different characters so you know. Yeah
0: he, he could be a different character later down the line. Yeah his ship get yeah. the, the ship gets destroyed by the gravitational disturbance Quinn escapes and sends out the uh dis, the distress signal, the stress signal yeah which Gary picks up on so there. Um <laughs> other small moments of the episode. So we had a scene of Little Kato in the beginning.
1: Mm -hmm. that scene was super random. Yeah, it did not pay off
0: in any way for the
2: rest of the episode.
1: I'm sure we're going to get more little Kato to help make it make sense later. Um, There there was a
2: there was a female voice that handed him a electronic device or we thinking oh, wait, that's no, the Quinn robot. Is.
1: We all know. There's only one female really in the show so far except for that like <laughs> body suit character that wasn't really a person. Yeah, so there's
0: time. so there's <laughs> Nightfall who we speculate is a future version of Quinn and uh Nightfall I believe was at later in the episode when uh she sh- prevents a, sh- a guy from shooting down the ship. Yeah, um, it was yes. good. What, I think
1: Dylan. That's when all the four plot threads converged because even she was there.
0: Right. Well, the- I don't think Nightfall was really a plot thread in this episode. It's more like at the end, uh, Quinn distressing and was picked up by Gary. That's those two converging. Lord Commander comes down to. So, you know, they like they go to Mooncake, those two converge, Lord Commander comes down, all three of them are there together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the Quinn robot or future version or clone or AI or whatever is, uh, is, is, so we think that's maybe the one who's giving Little Kato the tablets with instructions with something on it. Uh, it could be. I, don't know. Being, I think it so. It would anyway. make sense
1: that it's the same person doing all these things. And, and the question <laughs> I have, is it seems like something's going to go down, you know, and like, Gary is m- probably <laughs> supposed to die in the future. And like this, this Quinn um, is trying to help that not happen and change the future. Mm-hmm. But if the, the future Quinn knows it's going to happen, why doesn't she just change everything herself? Why does she need Gary to do it? Gary doesn't know what's going on. That's like my big question. Like, why doesn't future Quinn just like fix whatever's going to happen herself if she already knows what's going to happen?
0: Right. Why so is why does. she still trying to get Gary to do it. Yeah, why doesn't she go to the moment where Gary's, uh, the Galaxy 1 explodes or whatever yeah. leads him into yeah. the state that we're seeing pre-credits? Um, well,
2: one potential factor we can loop into this is actually something we see in this episode where Gary and and uh, Avocado go into the temporal wormhole at the beginning of the episode. And I think Avocado mentioned something like, that could take us millions of years into the future or the past. Like It seems yeah. like it's without yeah. uh, out of their control. So th- there, if we're going to introduce time travel, something we talked about in the previous podcast, uh, we've, in, we've now introduced this temporal wormhole concept. So that that could be one way we're going to try doing that. And that would also explain why she can't maybe influence things directly if, if we're going to go into the complicated time travel rules of yeah. paradoxes and all those things.
1: Uh, so things, you can't just like jump forward and back whenever she wants to.
2: Yeah, there's, there's two yeah. possible things. One is she's, okay.
0: she could have been sent to a specific time and she's just stuck in the same timeline as them now. Um, but, uh, also, yeah, it might be a paradox thing where she just can't directly interfere. Um, either of those seem valid. I agree with Alex that this temporal worm is gonna pay off later. Um, that's, that's what, uh, what the sequence when Gary's naked in the beginning and, uh, they go four days into the future, but, um, time-related disruptions have no effect on his sentence. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that seems like a specifically introduced element. There's a lot of plot elements at play here. Like, I think this is yeah. definitely ambitious with its narrative scope.
2: Uh, also, I just want to add, like, since this is four days into the future, so does that mean in episode two, that whole Quinn plot line was that in the future? Um... Because, like, at the end of this oh, episode, they're in the same oh. timeline now.
0: So. I mean, she mm-hmm. took off. She could have been in space for four days traveling, I guess. That's
2: true.
1: I think that's yeah. what we're supposed to assume. Yeah. Nothing yeah.
0: really matters. But, yeah, she does take off and she's in
2: space. You know, there could have Yeah, just I, I just space. think it would be interesting if you introduced that, like, plot lines within the same episode are happening at different times. <laughs> well,
1: look, space yeah. travel takes time, you guys, so... I think I, I think I could believe that it took her four days to get to, you know, where everyone else is. So.
0: Yeah, I, different plot lines happening at different times is, is, uh, it's, it's an interesting, it, I could definitely see the show doing this. I don't know if that was the intent of this episode. It's something Game of Thrones has been doing a lot recently. Um, it's, uh, this season of Ruby was doing that actually. Um, it's, it, it, it all depends how you pay it off, I think is, is, is what we'll see. But, um, back to Quinn. Uh, we're worried about this character. Mel sent in her thoughts. She couldn't be here, but uh, I want to read her Quinn thoughts Yay. here and then Yay. we'll, we'll see what, if we agree or disagree with her thoughts on Quinn. Um, she says, I want more for Quinn to do. She's basically surrounded by men, her superiors, and now a temptation for Gary in the Dollar Room. I want her to exist outside the context of men in the show, but considering she's the only female character, it's probably not going to happen. I think the concept of the token female in a male heavy action group is super outdated concept for a female character. It basically casts her as the strong female character, an outlier as a woman in a male dominated world instead of making the presence of woman commonplace. I think this is particularly unnecessary in fantasy where the gender and societal norms out of the world don't have to apply. I had a similar issue in Avatar, Avatar Last Airbender, with women who had same powers and skills in bending as the men and were still in many cultures we encountered expected to use their bending for less. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, that's all the whole thing about uh, nor- gender norms and stuff in in this show, which we haven't really seen a lot of. Um, What do you think of Mel's take here, Michelle?
1: I, I agree. I think it is something to consider. And like that, I honestly, I think that's part of the reason, like it's hard for me to like Gary at face value because he is, he is the one who was the most incompetent and he's the main character. And he's like a white guy. And there's a certain amount of power that comes with being able to be kind of not the best and be allowed to be kind of silly and dumb and just like do what you want and have that work out and have that be something that still can make you an okay person in the eyes of the viewer, or at least someone we're supposed to be able to identify with to some extent. Whereas Quinn is like super capable, but still no one listens to her. She has to go out on her own. Like she has people following her. And at the same time, she's like, you know, the reason Gary likes her is because he's attracted to her. And, And it kind of sucks that she can't be, you know, silly and kind of incompetent and still like seen as a good person. Like she has the weight of being awesome. And I feel like, again, there is a certain amount of power to like not having to be awesome and not having to be competent. That is a lot of times like given to, you know, white male protagonists that isn't necessarily given as much to other kinds of people. And so it's like a perpetuating problem. Um, but like, I, I'm really hopeful Quentin's going to have like more to do, but yeah, I agree with Mel in the fact that she probably, (laughs) she can't exist out of doing things for men because she's the only woman so far that we've met who wasn't, you know, a bodysuit, which isn't really a character. So it's like unfortunate and it's good that we talk about it because it is like there. And I, I do think it's like a problem. I hope it gets better. It's only episode three, so there's time for it to get better. But like, yeah, I agree. It is a problem.
0: Yeah, uh, April. What do you think?
1: Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I mean I like I agree. I think it would be nice to see her doing something more, um, and to be more than just like that sole female character within the all male group. Um, I, if I'm totally honest, I don't know that I I'm not gonna like put money on that it'll happen kind of thing just because like. This is just see it just seems to be kind of like the trope of like how these groups go like there's that one female she's always like super smart competent and then the guys are just idiots in comparison. I mean Gary's already an idiot and Avocado's slightly competent um, I mean, he's more competent than Gary. But so I just think that that's just gonna be like the unfortunate dynamic that she's gonna fall into. Um, I think that, like with the whole nightfall situation, it would be interesting if that's how they made her more than just, you know, the girl in the group kind of thing. Um, but that, you know, again, that would be something that would like go that would go like way deeper than what I think the show is going to do if I'm just completely honest. And, uh, I, I, you know, I would like to see, you know, more, I guess, like stronger female characters in shows, even in shows like this that are supposed to be just super fun and humorous and everything like that. But I, I don't know. I just feel like my time is wasted to be offended by that, <laughs> because unless like I start making my own shows, then I can't really like complain. Kind of things. So. I mean,
0: I think you can complain. I, I, yeah. If, yeah. If, if, if your if your point <laughs> is it's not worth being aggravated about, then that's probably valid. But
1: I, yeah, uh, I think it, it's fair to want to choose your battles because you know you you still gotta live your life, and yeah, it, it's hard when you like when a lot of things would upset you and you still want to enjoy media. Um, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like I media and so I'm just gonna take it as it is and I guess what's nice is because like having strong female characters is something new to media and to like you know shows and animated shows and so like again it's one of those where like I would like her to be more but the fact that like even if she doesn't, I'm not going to be like super disappointed. Again, I'm picking my battles, but I can also take solace in the fact that there are other shows that do have strong female characters, like and strong female protagonists too. So it's like, it's like yeah. okay, well at least I have like other shows to sort of ha- get that, you know, like yeah, we plen- tiny we bit. cover
0: plenty of uh, of shows where the, where there's female leads and, and awesome characters like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I recently I forget where I read this but we should replace strong female character in our lexicon with well written female character
1: yeah because um, yeah. strong female character is pretty much like a trope in and of itself now yeah.
0: so I think the question is like obviously if Quinn's a strong female character she's one of the most competent people on the show is she a well written character I don't
2: think so yet
1: not right you, now yeah. part of the I mean, problem even, is, though is that yeah. she
2: has, has had barely any screen time like yeah. uh, these yeah. last yeah. two mm-hmm. episodes she's gotten the smallest plot lines once she gets integrated into the main cast, we'll see how they how they deal with her. If we continue this pattern of, of having like three or four different plot lines, it would be interesting to see how many solo plot lines they give her even as part of the ship to maybe let let her grow it on her own as a character without having to interact with, the say, Gary or Avocado, just her and maybe the AI. It, it'll be interesting to see if, if they handle that any better than they have in these first two Quinn episodes.
0: Yeah. We'll see. The, I think the bright spot, as, uh, mentioned was Nightfall. Uh, we, so we know Quinn's character is going somewhere that creates Nightfall. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like a bright spot. Like something is coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think it, it's not, yeah, the show hasn't done anything blatantly offensive yet. So it's, it's, or for offensive at all, to be honest. It's just that Quinn's the only female character. And, uh, I said in the first podcast, I'm really hoping Quinn is just as part of a subversion on this type of, of, uh, situation. Um, so we'll see. I still think that's in play. Where there's uh, there's some complex narrative happening here, um, but we'll have to see. There's uh, a few scenes I haven't uh, we haven't mentioned yet, so I want to run through them quickly. Um, one is this random scene with the Lord Commander with uh, this guy Eric. Uh, who he...
1: Oh, and the biscuit. Yeah,
0: yeah and the biscuit, <laughs> yeah. and then he kills he kills Eric. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he carries Eric's body in his hand all the way to the arena. That feels so. I, wait, wait, to wait! To did me. he? I, I missed yeah, that. Yeah, he like, <laughs> drops him. He <laughs> the monster in half. I'm, like okay. you carried him the whole way. Wow, man. <laughs> You really want to show how tough you are. Okay, I get it. He's so tiny and menacing. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah that was an interesting scene with the biscuit joke. Um, we started the episode with a previously on, which uh, it's, uh, I think I think because we watched the first two episodes as one video on TBS, we didn't get the previously on for the second episode. Um, but this is basically, I think this is not from the perspective of Gary. It's from the perspective of Olin Rogers, just just saying what <laughs> happened in the episode. <laughs>
1: I liked it. I thought it was great, yeah, and it was like,
2: short, so I, yeah,
0: I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, he's like, uh, "That's why we're watching this episode, yo." Yeah, <laughs> I like the
1: where. Uh, where are they gonna hide? Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You have a really funny guy like Colin Rogers on the show, giving him just space to, to be funny like that, I think is a good call. Um, and then, uh, our pre-credit sequence, uh, I talked about last podcast how, uh, these pre-credit sequences probably are sometime in the future. Each minute we are counting down, of course, correlates with the next episode and we're leading to something that's happening in the finale, which is Gary floating in space, uh, dying in a few minutes. This, this episode, we are down to seven minutes of oxygen left and uh he sees uh carl and uh he's uh he was like <laughs> carl is dead gary which i thought was very funny <laughs> it's like obviously torn off yeah
1: and the uh, what he says uh that's so like carl yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's
0: so cool. yeah was yeah, that, that good and, and yeah he hears a uh there's like someone's in distress and uh there's an explosion and Gary's like, actually, I'll just chill over here. So I don't really know what's <laughs> happening there, but um yeah, there's our update on Gary in the, so if this ties to our discussion before, if this is what Quinn as nightfall is trying to prevent the situation where Gary is about to die, Um mm-hmm. then it'll be interesting. I definitely think that this will not happen in the last episode. We will circumvent this happening in some way. Like uh, we can't just be actually building towards this, this real moment where, where where Gary's floating in space? uh Whoa, like what I, if episode not, ten though? is? Yeah. What if episode
2: ten is just all of these pre credit sequence stitched together? Yeah, I'm sure that's what's gonna Get happen.
1: Out of budget. Sorry, enjoyed this club show episode. Here you go. And then at the end of the episode, we just find out he's actually a robot this entire time. And <laughs> or yeah. he then, a- then he and Kevin can be together. <laughs> oh my That's God. perfect. Did not
0: expect the Kevin Gary ship to come into the
1: Well, play hold now. on. So we have to remember <laughs> it's like the opening, like the opener. Um, Kevin is making out with Beth, so we can't just discredit that. And Beth is the refrigerator,
2: in case yeah. you guys
1: forgot. I, I, did, yeah. I did forget.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did forget. Yeah. Okay. We'll They're see. They're saying yeah. Gary's a homewrecker. Oh, no.
1: Maybe he, I don't know. Maybe so he's a fresh, 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 it's not a fridge. It's not a
2: boss. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: Okay. Kev- yeah. Kevin's a big moment in He comes in on the Galaxy One. And, by the way, have we mentioned that the ship is called the Galaxy One? Because it is, but I don't know if the show has mentioned that. Um, anyway. uh, <gasps>
1: Uh, if they did <laughs> yeah,
0: He's uh, he says yeah, he's like Kevin's like I'm gonna save you Gary I'm say yeah yeah he, so he goes on a whole Kevin thing about about, about saving Gary I, I continue to think Kevin is uh, funny but doesn't have material yet I feel like this episode reinforces that
2: yeah although I think this is the best of the Kevin jokes so far this show
0: it was yeah but it was also just him saying variations of I'm gonna save you over and over so which like, is funny is on its he own really
1: <laughs> cares about Gary
0: yeah he does he does, he does he's cares. holding
1: two guns. he came for him in his this moment wild. of need
0: michelle's like i'm breaking out the, the fan fiction
1: yeah <laughs> so, there's always one weird ship you kind of get into and this is that one for this show absolutely
0: okay <laughs> not i mean for you i don't know if anyone else has <laughs> <this reaction. laughs> also,
1: what happens, there's more yeah. material you you might see
0: yeah, maybe this is what we're leading to. Okay, other funny, random funny lines I didn't mention. Um, Gary's like, uh, he, he ghosted through that wall. It was, oh, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And then uh, that was like the helper helper and then the uh, actual helper's name is and they're commenting on that and that oh. makes him untrustworthy. steve
1: he in his name!
0: Yeah. I, I like that Avocado agreed with him on that. <laughs> like, that, that is sketchy.
1: He was like, whoa, wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we consider-
0: that is very alarming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Gary, to. uh... When he accepts that uh, that uh, Moon uh, Mooncake uh, is 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 a weapon, he says, "You are a planet-destroying uh, superweapon." That's so friggin' tight.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, he's just—he's very supportive. Very, yeah. very good parenting, oh. right there. Unconditional love of your child thing.
0: <laughs> of your child thing, yeah. Oh, um, and another the thing is that. Uh, he says uh lord commander says mooncake can unlock final space and gary says what the mother loving crap is final space so he also did not know what it, what no, it was
1: no one knows <laughs>
0: yeah and de- crap is definitely the word that gary says all the time i think uh that's like is the base of the gary humor and freaking freaking and crap yeah yeah for sure with the double crap yeah double crap stuff like that yeah a lot of that mm-hmm. so there you go okay uh michelle final thoughts on chapter three
1: I I think I like it more now that we've talked about it a lot. It did have a lot of good moments. <laughs> and it spawned my first ship for the show, so that's definitely a plus.
0: Oh, I forgot the, the other the I forgot the other moment. Kevin moment when Kevin and Mooncake are, or when Gary and Mooncake are having their moment, Gary says it doesn't change anything between you and this guy, and Kevin comes by he's like me.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. See the <laughs> evidence is just built the <laughs>
0: wow yeah i didn't see it before but now that we go over the evidence literally all of kevin's interactions are in relation to gary Mm -hmm, so it's kind of yeah wow it's uh, it's a good call we'll have to track this throughout the season april final thoughts on chapter three
1: uh i i uh, yeah after we talked about it i'm pretty sure this is my favorite
0: episode so far so yeah good episode convinced okay convinced Uh, (laughs) (laughs) final thoughts
2: uh, one thing I don't think we mentioned, uh, well, we mentioned in the first episode how the music in the show is pretty good. As here, the one that stood out was when Mooncake enters the Coliseum. And the Coliseum music in general is just very, like, do 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 I, I can't repeat it right. But, like, that music was just very haunting in a way, like, in how, like, quiet and... Uh, and steady it was. So I, I just enjoyed that particular selection for for that scene, and yeah, just in general, the mooncake is the star of this episode. The the other segments are fine enough to keep the episode moving quickly. And I, I think the stuff that's been introduced in terms of story, it it, it keeps me want, wanting to watch. And I think all in all, this is a strong episode, maybe on par with episode one, if not better.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think I think about three, one, two is my ranking so far, but um. You, yeah, the mu- the one music that, I think the mu- music continues to be great. I was really reminded of the uh, Interstellar score again by, I don't remember when in this episode, but some cue here. Um, and Owen Rogers mentioned a lot that Interstellar is a big influence of the show um and uh oh correction from last podcast uh the show animated by jam filled uh ottawa um but uh shadow machine does pre and post production so i got that wrong last time but uh i bring that up because this episode again looks great like uh, i think that's yeah, one of the big highlights of yeah
1: really i was gonna good. say yeah i've never had a problem with the animation in this show it's all it's very on par i feel like,
0: i think it's maybe the number one as like good aspect of the show is how well it's produced, just uh, around the board. Um yeah. Just really, really good show.
2: Yeah. Oh, one uh one final thing: yeah. when they land on on this planet, uh, I forget its name, uh, but but uh, planet Yarno, it just looks like Tatooine, right? But I, I other so, one yeah. is just a rip off <laughs> of. Tatooine? Oh, I forgot. J- Gary's
0: also on drugs when they land. I forgot about <laughs>
2: yeah, that. Oh that man, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and so and there's the guy
0: that's ripping people's face off, and is like he
1: uh, was uh, excited for us. the death. Yeah. Apocalypse or whatever. yeah. Yeah. pretty <laughs> fan.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of that's sports a lot of fans stuff probably. Yeah, he's a sports fan, yeah. <laughs> um, sports M- Moon man. Muno bumps is what Gary's on, yeah. So that was that happened yeah. too. This is really a good. Yeah, too much uh really jam packed. There's really aggressive pacing is one of the to episodes 2 and 3. Um so we'll see if that continues, but I think it's better than non-aggressive pacing. <laughs> like ideally it would be in the middle, but Uh, it's interesting okay so let us know your thoughts on Final Space Chapter 3 what you think of the show so far Uh, you can leave a comment on our website overlyanimated.com click on the article and you can comment there if you're listening on YouTube can comment there leave us an iTunes review Uh, that'd be great on our Final Space uh, feeds uh shout out to the final Space reddit, where we posted this uh final Space reddit's cool so far and uh uh I don't know what else uh with with oh yeah shout out to owen rogers who <laughs> who uh said he liked it thank you Owen. yeah yeah, yeah. and uh hi yeah. <laughs> hi hey yeah there that's, that's, that's <laughs> um, what's your favorite moon cake line is it a QQqQQ is that is that the new favorite? let us know uh, in the comments and uh, you can also we have a moon we've uh I I keep getting confused with uh, moon cake and final space I want to combine the two into like moon space why don't
2: we just Honestly, change the I'm name of the so. show Mooncake, <laughs> mooncake, the cake. show yeah
0: <laughs> final cake yeah. Uh, oh, we have uh, our our Discord has a final space channel, overly slash uh, discord. Uh support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash Thank you very much to all of our uh, patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Damien, aka Diamond Day, and thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Um we'll very be little back.
2: Hugh in this episode, by the way.
0: Yeah, H-U-E instead of our H-U-G-H, yeah, true. Um, he's yeah, Hugh is oh oh uh, I'll end with uh I think Steve's uh Hugh is all in Gary's head theory is busted because uh, Hugh tells uh, Avocato that little, they didn't find uh little, little Kato anywhere yeah so, right yeah. so but theory busted unfortunately it was a good theory though okay so <laughs> uh more Hugh more Hugh that's what we want for chapter four we'll we'll see you guys for chapter four thanks for listening
1: bye bye me